sure many of you probably can remember uh, playing the game growing up, follow the leader. Someone in the group or class would be appointed as the leader and everyone else would follow that person. Wherever the leader went, the followers would go. Whatever the leader did, the followers would do. The followers truly had to hope and trust and at times pray that the leader would lead them well. Well, there never has been and there never will be a better leader for us to follow than Jesus. As we follow him, he leads us to go where we need to go. He leads us to do what we need to do. There is joy that we experience as we follow Jesus. It's exciting for us to follow Jesus. Amen? It is exciting. What a journey. What an adventure to follow Jesus. Open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 4. We are going to continue in our study of this fantastic passage. And in this passage, God is teaching us about the importance and the necessity of following Jesus. God wants us to follow Jesus because God wants us to live wisely, not unwisely. He wants us to make the most of the time he gives us because the days are evil. Therefore, we need to understand what the Lord's will is so that we can do the Lord's will. We learn about God's will in God's word. As Paul told us, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to test and approve and discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. God wants us to know his will because his will is good, pleasing, and perfect for you and me in every way. And so we're going to continue to look at God's will for our lives today and this week, uh, through the truth of his word, Matthew chapter 4, Matthew wrote, beginning in verse 18, as he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, this he is Jesus, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, Jesus told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, preparing their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. In this passage, as we've been sharing over these past few weeks, we see our purpose as Christ followers, which is to glorify God as witnesses for God. We fulfill our purpose by the power of God at work in our lives. We access God's power. We walk in God's power as we follow Jesus. Now, there are several ways we're able to follow Jesus. We follow Jesus by giving to Jesus. We give ourselves to Jesus by God's grace through our faith in Jesus. And then we continue on a daily basis giving our time, talents, and treasures to God as we follow Jesus by faith just as the disciples did years ago. Giving is living and living is giving for us as followers of Jesus. 
We also follow Jesus by growing in Jesus. As we've been sharing, God wants us to grow into maturity in Christ Jesus. God wants us to be mature and complete in our faith in him, lacking nothing that we need in order to fulfill his purpose for our lives. God is carrying on his good work of salvation in us, which he started at that point of our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And he's carrying this on in us through his sanctifying work in us of making us more and more like Jesus. The disciples, as we've been studying, were constantly growing and learning in their walk with God. They were constantly growing and learning and growing in their, their faith in Jesus as they followed Jesus. This was a continual process for them. We learn and grow in our faith in Jesus as we follow Jesus day by day. As we devote ourselves to God, we grow in our faith in God by the power of God at work in us. As we spend time with God in his word and in prayer and fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, walking in obedience to God's truth, we grow stronger in our faith in Jesus. And God is the one who empowers us to give and to grow by his Holy Spirit in us. We have covered these points over these past couple of weeks. The third point I want us to focus on this morning is we follow Jesus by going for Jesus. It is a joy for us to go for Jesus as witnesses for Jesus. It is our privilege to go for Jesus as witnesses for Jesus. It is our responsibility to go for Jesus as witnesses for Jesus. This was true of the disciples years ago, and this is true of us. As we see here in this passage in Matthew chapter 4, as we follow Jesus, as we come after him, as we draw near to him, as we walk as he walked, that's what follow me means. As we come after Jesus, he makes us fish for people. He makes us into his effective witnesses. As we follow Jesus, we will grow for in Jesus and we will go for Jesus. The more we give to Jesus, the more we grow in Jesus. The more we give to Jesus and grow in Jesus, the more we will go for Jesus. When you stop and think about it, we are always giving, growing, and going as followers of Jesus Christ. We're always, in some form or another, giving, growing, and going as followers of Jesus Christ. So I want us to answer a couple of questions this morning. The first question is, why should we go? Why should we go for Jesus as witnesses for Jesus? First answer is real simple. We go for Jesus because God wants us to go. He wants us to go. He's commanded us to go. Jesus made this clear at the start of his earthly ministry. He made this clear to us at the start of his ministry. Now, I want you to look back in chapter 4 because I want you to see something. We've just been focusing our attention on verses 18 through 22. And we've talked about giving to Jesus, growing in Jesus, and going for Jesus. So I want you to look at the very next verse in verse 23. Look at what we find. 
after what we see happening and Jesus calling his disciples to follow him, now Jesus, Matthew is writing, now Jesus began to go, say that with me out loud. Now Jesus began to all over Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. As always, Jesus practiced what he preached. Jesus, Matthew says, now Jesus began to go all over Galilee. Jesus went throughout Galilee and down into Judea, Jerusalem. And we are to follow the example of Jesus, and that means we are to go to those around us that God has placed in our lives, and we're to go to them. And share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Jesus started his ministry with this example. And then we know Jesus also shared this truth with us at the end of his earthly ministry. In Matthew 28, if you want to turn there real quickly, Matthew 28. He started his earthly ministry with this emphasis on going as his witnesses. And he's going to end his earthly ministry with this same emphasis on going as witnesses for Jesus. In Matthew 28, the Great Commission, many of you know it well. Beginning in verse 18, Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. So Jesus was one who understood this command. He didn't just say go, he actually went. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, go means go. Very basic and simple. But I want to suggest to you this morning that there is a lot more meaning in this very, very little two-letter word, go. In the Great Commission, go in this passage is a participle, which means it can also be read as you are going or as you go. So as you are going through life each day, as you go through life each day, make disciples of all nations, which is a great and necessary thing. However, go means more in this particular passage than just that point. It means this point, but it means more than this point in this particular passage. Robert Mounts is a Greek scholar, and he shared with us in regards to this passage, uh, this statement. In the Matthew passage, there in the Great Commission, go fits the typical structural patterns for the attendant circumstance participle. Now, that's a lot of big words. Let me tell you what that means. It means this. Go in the Great Commission, in this passage, takes on the mood of the main verb in the verse, which is a command to make disciples. 
Make disciples in this passage is the main verb. It is an imperative. It's a command. And go takes the mood of the main verse. Therefore, when Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, it is a command from God to you and me to go, depart, move to those who are near us and to those who are far away from us who don't know Jesus and tell them about Jesus. Go and make disciples is our call to missions from God. It's our call to missions from our Almighty God. We are to go to our neighbors and we are to go to the nations. We're to go to our neighbors and make disciples of those that God's placed around us. Now, we're to go to those who are near us. Our neighbors are those who are near us. Our neighbors include those who are in our own congregations. As you know, we've shared this often. We all know as followers of Jesus Christ, we're not only witnesses for Christ, but we're ministers for Christ. And that means each one of you is a minister for Jesus Christ. That means just like this is a congregation of brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus who gather together as the church, the body of Christ, and we do ministry together. Each one of us individually has our own congregations. You've got a congregation. I've got a congregation. And our congregations are made up of everybody that we interact with on a regular weekly, monthly daily basis away from this body. Now there's overlap in this body, but there's many others in our congregations that God allows us to have that are not part of this body. And we are to go to our neighbors and make disciples. We go and make disciples by investing in our relationships with others. We go and make disciples by inviting others to come to church with us. We go and make disciples by loving others through Jesus. We go and make disciples by ministering to others through Jesus. We go and make disciples by praying for others to receive Jesus. We go and make disciples of our neighbors by telling them how they can come to know Jesus. We go to our neighbors and make disciples. But we also go and make disciples of the nations. We go and make disciples of the nations by going to the nations ourselves. By going and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. We go and make disciples of the nations by giving so that others can go to the nations. We go and make disciples of all nations by praying for the nations, by praying for others to go to the nations, by praying for those as they go to the nations, and by praying for those who are literally in the nations sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you know, we have members of our church family who are currently right now living in other nations in obedience to God's call on their life to go and make disciples of all nations. We've got members of our church family currently right now who are praying and preparing this year to go to other nations in obedience to God's call on their lives to go and make disciples of all nations. It is our joy to be able to go to our neighbors and to the nations with the love of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, the light of Jesus that dwells within us. Amen? What a joy. 
What a joy to go to those around us who are near us, to those who are far from us, the good news of Jesus Christ. And one of the ways we do this is through our international missions offering. And as you know, every year we uh, receive an international missions offering, and it's at the end of each year in the month of December, and we receive uh, these monies over and over, over and above our tithes and offerings, and the monies that we receive go directly to supporting uh, those uh, missionaries who we have sent out, those missionaries that we have connections with, uh, literally in the nations, uh, so that we can help get the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations. Again, we go to the nations as we go, as we pray, and as we give. And so we want to be involved in every one of those ways to go to the nations. And so I have the joy and privilege to share with you this morning the result of our international missions offering back in December of 2020. We received it in December. Uh, we've been receiving monies and, uh, throughout the beginning of this month. And so get a chance to share with you what uh, God has done. And I hope you can see this. Um, we gave $18,470, yes, to our international missions offering. What a blessing. Now, let me just share with you how this is all going to be used. We are going to send $5,000 to ministry that's happening in Lesotho. Uh, they're within South Africa. You guys know the Gosses. Uh, we have uh, know all about, obviously, them. There are members that are living there in Lesotho, and that $5,000 will go to help meet their family needs and to continue the projects that we have been involved in this past year. We're going to continue to be involved this year, and those projects include feeding and clothing people in the highlands, which is the mountain villages in Lesotho, and in the lowlands, which is in the city areas in Lesotho. Continue to have conversations with the Gosses, and God is using them in miraculous ways to minister to people there to get the good news of the gospel uh, of Jesus out to those there. And God's opening all kinds of doors. They are currently under lockdown orders, uh, very, very strict lockdown orders in that country. And so uh, it's been a challenge for them. But nonetheless, even in the midst of that time, uh, they're sharing that God is just continuing to open doors, which is amazing. And, and so we're going to continue supporting them as well. In the Czech Republic with the mills, uh, we're going to give $2,000. That will go to help meet the family, their family needs. And uh, they're involved in a ministry to immigrants as they come into Prague. There are many different immigrants that are moving in and trying to come into the Czech Republic. Uh, they're into Prague uh, from other nations around the Czech Republic. And so uh, they uh, are having an opportunity. Uh, they and their group of folks are having an opportunity to minister to these immigrants as they're coming in and trying to seek uh, refuge. They get a chance to, to share Jesus. They get a chance to minister to them, meet needs. And so this will go to help support them as well. In Panama, we'll be sending $3,500 to Panama. And this will go to support uh, missionary pastors. As you know, uh, we are literally seeing the Acts Church unfold and continue uh, in God's world today, and especially through our relationship uh, with our missionaries there, uh, David and Cynthia Vega and Talsi Vega in Panama, as we continue to go into the mountain range there and go village to village, hut to hut, trying to plant churches and see the good news of the gospel 
uh, get further and further and deeper and deeper into those people groups. And so this is going to help support missionary pastors. We have been able to go throughout the past 20, 25 years on trips. And uh, we also, when we go, we, we minister. But then when we come back, there's other pastors that we have had an opportunity to help train that continue going back there. It's also to help finish construction of two churches. We'll be able to help them finish out two more churches uh, where they can meet in these villages uh, with the good news of Jesus. It's to also reactivate and install the water filter project and to help with car maintenance in that mountain area. Uh, and those of you who have gone with us before, you know, a man, the vehicle is vitally important because the terrain is next to impossible and places to get through. And so uh, there is a continual need for maintenance uh, in that regard. And so that helps them to get to where they need to go, which allows them then to begin hiking and uh, boating back into those areas. So uh, that will be our support for Panama. And then India, John and Ebby, who are here with us, uh, John and Ebby are our missionaries to India. They're going, uh, God willing, they're planning to go uh, again here soon. And uh, they minister uh, to the missionaries in the northern area of India. There's quite a bit of persecution there of the church. And so John and Ebby are able to go and minister and support the missionaries who are serving in northern India. But then also John has an opportunity to preach the gospel, to support the churches uh, as they go throughout India ministering. And then also uh, they help to provide medical help for the poor, which is a huge need there where they're going. And then we'll also then send $5,970 to the International Mission Board, which supports over 3,600 missionaries and their families. When you add their families in, that number exceeds 5,500 uh, folks that we're helping to share that these folks, uh, the over 3,600 missionaries, are missionaries that have given their lives, just like our other folks, who have given their lives to full-time mission work, and they are literally living in the nations, sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is amazing, isn't it? What a blessing. Give God a hand. What a blessing. What a blessing that is for us to be able to minister in this way. Father God, I just want to stop right now and pray with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And God, would you bless each of these folks that are represented here? God, would you continue just multiplying their efforts, their work? Would you give them energy? Would you give them encouragement? Father, would you continue to allow them to persevere in their challenges? God, I pray that you would bless them, help them to know how much we love them and we support them. But most of all, God, help them to know how much you love them. You're with them and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. We're excited about what God is going to do. We'll continue to give you updates as we continue to hear news back uh, from all of our missionary families and partners uh, moving through this year. Second reason we go is people need us to go. God wants us to go, but people need us to go. Listen, those people who do not have a relationship with God, by God's grace through their faith in Christ Jesus, are counting on us, whether they realize it or not, they're counting on us to obey God's call to go and make disciples of all nations. They don't realize it because Scripture says they are dead in their sins and transgressions. They are separated from God because of their sin against God without any way or help of hope of getting to God on their own. As Paul said, their minds have been blinded to the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. And yet they are counting on us, people in our congregations who don't yet know Jesus, are counting on us 
going to them for Jesus. They're counting on us living before them through Jesus. They're counting on us loving them like Jesus. They're counting on us telling them about Jesus so that they can receive God's gift of salvation, of forgiveness, of love and life by placing their faith in Jesus. You stop and think about it for just a moment. Someone told you the good news of Jesus. Your testimony would probably move more into someone's shared the good news of the gospel of Jesus with you. And God used those someones in his work of drawing you to his side, drawing you into his family. And so it's our responsibility now to go to those who don't know Jesus with the truth, the love about Jesus. As Paul shared, and he quoted Isaiah the prophet when he said, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So we know we should go. Three quick truths as we go. Three truths we know as we go. This will help you. This will encourage you. This will bless you today and this week. Number one, God's with us as we go. We know this. Jesus made this clear. At the end of verse 20 in Matthew 28, Jesus said, And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus said, And remember, I am with you. We need to remember he is with us because we often forget he is with us. We often forget, and though we know we're victors in Christ, we don't necessarily live like those victors in Christ Jesus. I know this is true of me at times throughout the week, and I'm sure it's true of you. We must remember, and that's why Jesus said, hey, remember, I'm with you. I'm with you always. We need to remember he is with us because this helps us to say no to fear of going to others for Jesus. We need to remember that he is with us because this helps us to say no to pride, thinking that we can do it on our own. We need to remember he is with us as we go to others for Jesus because this helps us to stay focused on Jesus. This helps us to live on purpose for Jesus. The good news is we never give to Jesus alone. We never grow in Jesus alone, and we never go for Jesus alone. He is with us. As we go to our neighbors, God is with us. As we go to the nations, God is with us. As we tell others about Jesus, God is with us. As we love others like Jesus, God is with us. As we help others grow in our faith in Jesus, God is with us. God has told us throughout his word, cover to cover, Old Testament and New Testament, he is with us. And this makes a difference in us, amen? This makes a difference. And we're able to focus in and remember that he is with us. I love our Old Testament friend Joshua when God called Joshua to lead the Israelites to take possession of the promised land. After the death of Moses, Joshua was going to undertake this massive opportunity. God knew Joshua, and so as he was preparing Joshua to lead the Israelites into the promised land, God spoke to Joshua and he said, Hey, Joshua, haven't I commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Listen, God is with us wherever we go. When God saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, he placed his Holy Spirit in us. God the Holy Spirit is with us every step of our way, every moment of our day. And he makes a difference in us. He is the one who empowers us to live in a, and to love others like Jesus. Second truth we know is that God empowers us to go. 
We don't go for Jesus in our strength or wisdom. God fills us with his power so we can fulfill his purpose. Jesus made this clear, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we know and understand God empowers us as we go. Missions uh, is about God, not us. Missions happens because of God, not us. Missions brings glory to God, not us. Missions points others to God, not us. And then we also know God blesses us as we go. And it's a blessing to go. We're just like Jesus when we go to others and share and show and shine the light of Christ that is in us. We're just like Jesus. Others are blessed when we go and make disciples. We are blessed when we go and make disciples. You know this. You know this personally in your own testimony of faith. We also know this is the testimony of the Word of God. I think of the believers, the brothers and sisters in Christ in the first church in Jerusalem. We know they were blessed as they went for Jesus because we know, according to Luke, Luke told us that these brothers and sisters were giving Jesus. They were growing in Jesus. They were going for Jesus. And God was at work in their midst. And what was happening? They had a front row seat because the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They got to see the power of God on display right before them, around them, in them, through them as they were going for Jesus. And the same is true for us. We get to see God change lives for eternity as we go for Jesus. I can't change anyone, but God, by his power at work in and through me and in and through you, he changes others. He's the one who does the work of change in us and through us for those around us. And we get the privilege, we get the front row seat of watching folks take that journey from not having a relationship with God to entering a relationship with God by faith in Jesus, to growing in their faith in God, to discipling them so that they're helping others now come to know Jesus and grow in their faith in Jesus. That is an awesome blessing for you and for me to see folks growing in their faith and trust in Christ Jesus, to see folks when the, the light, so to speak, comes on and God teaches them a new truth or he takes them to a different level of growth and you can just see the change happen. What a joy that is. What a blessing that is when it happens in us and what a joy it is to see that when it happens with others. And then we also want to answer that second question. We've answered the question why, now let's answer the question how. How do we go? How do we go? Well, there's three ways that we need to go that we see throughout God's Word. Many others we could use and pick and focus on, but I just want to look at three. Number one, we go lovingly. We should go lovingly. Jesus said, the greatest commandment in all the law is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Jesus said, New command I give you, love one another. By this all people will know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Paul said that we're to speak God's truth in love. Paul told us that love is a fruit of the Spirit that God produces in us so that it can go through us to those that God places around us. And God produces the fruit of the Spirit as we walk in the Spirit, as we depend on Him and grow in Him. You know, Peter told us to put on love because it covers over a multitude of sins. So it's clear 
God wants us to go to our neighbors and to go to the nations with hearts full of love and compassion for them. When we really think about what the scriptures are saying, what Jesus is telling us in regards to this focus on love, God wants us to love others into his family. That's pretty awesome. God wants us to love others into his family. And so in order for us to love others into his family, then we must first and foremost continually fall in love with God. And we must also continue to fall in love with one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ, because this produces the overflow of love that spills out from us onto the congregations that God has given to us and empowers us to love those who are around us. It empowers us to go to the nations out of our love for them so that we can tell them about Jesus. And so God works in us through this love that he produces in us to help others draw closer to his family. I've said it many times that there is, it's, it's almost, it's very, very difficult very difficult for folks to resist the agape love of God being poured into them and onto them through the people of God over a period of time. It's very, very difficult, next to impossible, for folks to resist that agape love of God just continually pouring on them. God wants us to go lovingly with hearts of love and compassion for those he places around us. God wants us to go boldly. He wants us to go boldly. We can go boldly as witnesses for Jesus because we know God loves us. We can go boldly because we know God is with us. We can go boldly because we know God is empowering us. We can go boldly because we know God loves others. We can go boldly because we know God is at work in others' lives. We can go boldly because we know people need Jesus. We can go boldly because we know Jesus is the answer for the world today. We can go boldly as witnesses for Jesus because we have truth on our side. We have truth. And we can go boldly sharing the good news of Jesus with those around us, showing the love and light of Jesus to those God places around us. Paul understood this reality. You see, when you look at the New Testament, you read the, the letters to the churches, we see real quickly that the disciples and the elder pastors in the New Testament churches, they were bold in their preaching, in their teaching, and in their witnessing ministry for Jesus. Paul actually asked the believers in Ephesus to pray for him to be bold. Turn to Ephesians chapter uh, 6 real quick. Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't want to turn there, you can jot this down. This will be an encouragement to you uh, in your time with the Lord later this week. Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 19 and 20. Paul, in the previous verses, in verses 10 through 18, Paul had talked to them about spiritual warfare and putting on the full armor of God so that we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. We're to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Paul talked about how we need to pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, and we need to continually be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And now in verse 19, he continues this teaching as he's finishing this letter, and he says this in verse 19, pray also for me that that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness. Say that with me. With boldness, the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough. Say that out loud. That I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. 
Paul understood the necessity of loving others. Paul understood the necessity of being bold with others as witnesses for Jesus. And the boldness of these heroes of the faith, the boldness of our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, these men and women who have gone before us, inspire us to be bold in our witness for Jesus. So we're going to go lovingly and boldly. And then third, we need to go clearly. We need to go clearly as witnesses for Jesus. The disciples, the, the elder pastors in the New Testament churches were clear in their preaching and their teaching and their witnessing for Jesus. They were clear when it came to the message of Jesus. They were clear. They focused on the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ as the only way to enter a relationship with God. They focused clearly on Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and exalted. Luke told us this. In Acts 4.12, when Luke said, There is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved in the name of Jesus. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And there, no one comes to the Father except through faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So we want to be loving and we want to be bold, but we also want to be clear as we share Jesus with those around us. Paul, again, prayed for this as well. In Colossians, if you want to turn to your right from Ephesians, just a couple there, uh, pages to your right. Colossians chapter 4, Paul said these words. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door for us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains, so that I may make it known as I should. That word known says so that I may make it known as I should means so that I may make it manifest, so that I may make it visible, so that I may make it clear as I should. Paul wanted to be as clear as possible as a witness for Jesus Christ. We, likewise, want to be as clear as possible as witnesses for Christ Jesus. C.S. Lewis, the late great author, apologist, and theologian, I love what he said. He said this, the glory of God, and as our only means to glorifying him, the salvation of human souls, is the real business of life. The real business of life for us as followers of Jesus Christ is helping others come to know Jesus. It's helping others grow in their faith in Jesus. That's why he has left us here when he saved us. So that we might help others come to know him and live for him and glorify him so that they can spend eternity with him. Listen, the good news of the gospel is loving. The good news of the gospel is bold. The good news of the gospel is clear. And that gospel message tells us this, that we're all sinners. That every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We have all sinned and we've fallen short of God's glory. That means we have missed God's mark. We have missed his standard. And God's standard, God's mark is perfection. It's holiness. He's God. He's perfect. He's holy. We've missed that. Why? Because we've all turned away from God and our sin against God. We've all said, thought, and done things that are unpleasing to God against God and the truth of his word. There is none of us righteous, no, not one, according to the scriptures. And so the gospel helps us to understand that we all have this, this same problem, if you will. That, that problem is called sin. 
The gospel tells us that we need a Savior. Because our sin separates us from God and there's nothing we can do to get rid of our sin and get to God on our own, we need help. We need a Savior. We need someone who can take away our sin. We need someone who can help us get to God because of our sin against God. There's no amount of good things that we can do to somehow balance out the scales that would allow us to enter into heaven, that allow us to earn or merit our way into a relationship with God because he's perfect and holy and we're imperfect and unholy. So we're in a tough spot. We need help. We can't get to God on our own, so we need someone to save us. We need someone to help us. To take away our sin. To help us get to God. The gospel tells us that Jesus is our Savior. Jesus came to this earth to rescue us. To save us from our sins. You see, Jesus came to this earth and he met God's standard for us. He met God's requirement for us. He lived a perfect life. He was tempted as we are, yet he never sinned. And he died on the cross in our place, paying the price for our sins. When he died on the cross, he defeated sin because he had lived a perfect life. He was buried in the tomb, and on the third day, he rose again, thereby defeating death for us and opening the way for you and for me to now have an opportunity to have this relationship with this perfect and holy God Because the perfect and holy Son of God opened that way for us. We receive forgiveness of our sins by the blood Jesus shed on the cross of Calvary. We enter into a relationship with God through faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So the good news of the gospel then just tells us we must believe in Jesus and receive him by faith. We must believe that Jesus is who he says he is. He's the Savior. He's God's Son. He's the Son of God, God the Son. We must believe that he lived a perfect life. We must believe that he died on the cross, that he was buried in the tomb. We must believe that he rose again on the third day. He's alive and wants a relationship with us. We believe in him, and then we receive him by faith. We repent of our sins. That just simply means we turn from living our way, and we turn and surrender to live God's way. We confess our sins to God, and we receive Jesus in our lives as our Savior and Lord. As Paul said, Therefore, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. John said, yet to all who received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, believe and receive in Jesus. And we are able to enter into a relationship with our awesome and almighty God who will be with us from that point forward throughout eternity. What a joy, what a privilege for us to hear the gospel, to know the gospel, to receive the gospel, to be able to share the gospel with those, our neighbors and those in the nations. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead in this time of response to the Lord. This is our act of worship now. We've worshiped through song. We've worshiped through the teaching of the word. Now we worship through our response. Whether you're here in person or online, Let me encourage you, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, why not today, why not here, why not right now? Make that decision. We've walked through the steps. You can pray right where you're at, wherever that might be, here or at home, wherever you may be. Call out to the Lord. 
tell him you're done living your way, that you believe in Jesus, that you believe he's your savior, that he's alive and he is the only way to relationship with God. Tell God that you're done living your way and that you surrender your life to him, that you want to live his way. Confess your sin and just say, God, I want Jesus. I want Jesus in my life and he will save you. God will save you. Prayer doesn't save anyone. God saves us. We pray and communicate that desire to God. My brother, my sister in Christ, let me encourage you to continue praying and asking God to reveal to you his desires for you this day, this week. As we've spoken about being a witness, clearly God may have brought some folks to your mind in your congregation that he wants you to pray for. Maybe he wants you to pray for an opportunity to minister to them, to talk to them, to share the truth of Jesus with them. Maybe it's to renew your commitment to praying for those our brothers and sisters who are in the nations sharing the good news of the gospel even today. It's our opportunity to respond to the Lord in obedience to us. So let's stand.